0: Hey everybody, this is Fred Ricciani of TSC on MNN. This is the Best of 2019 Gaming Show, where we're going to look back at some of our favorite game reviews. But first, we're going to present our two latest reviews. First up, NHL 20 from EA Sports, available on Xbox One and PS4. Followed by w 2 k 20 in the Night DLC. Plus, our 2019 Game of the Year at the end. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the best of 2019. I play a lot of sports games, including Madden, which I wish changed more year to year. But when I opened up NHL 20, holy doodle squat, did you see a whole lot of options, an insane amount of options. Here's all the options you get from NHL 20. Three different controller settings, skill stick, NHL 94, and Hybrid. Personally, i found Hybrid to work best for my play style, but feel free to try all the options and see which one fits yours. From there, you have a variety of difficulty settings, and then it's on to the different game modes. You have Play Now that lets you play a quick exhibition, Franchise Mode that has you build a dynasty from the ground up, and meticulously manage your rosters, Hockey Ultimate Team and Draft Champions, which are practically the same as what you get at Madden if you're into packs and microtransactions. Not really my cup of tea, but there is enough free content here and challenges to keep you busy as you acquire packs and build the ultimate NHL team. You have Tournament Mode where you can play with international teams in Champions Hockey League or in the Spengler Cup. Creation Zone lets you customize players and teams to your liking and in comparison to other EA Sports games, I'd say NHL's creation options are better than most, certainly Madden. There's also NHL 3s which is the fun 3-on-3 mode you can play offline or online. Be a Pro lets you create the ultimate NHL player over time. World of Chell features challenges to improve your created character. Playoff mode, where you could skip the regular season straight into the road to the Stanley Cup. NHL 1s became my favorite mode, with one-on-one action featuring various pros and even special players like Snoop Dogg and Toronto Raptors' great Kyle Lowry. Another one of my favorite modes is shootout, which is exactly what it sounds like. Similar to EA UFC's knockout mode, shootout mode cuts away from the pleasantries straight to the throw and chase of the action, but it certainly can be more challenging than it looks. Of course, if you're new like me, there are plenty of informative and helpful tutorials to sharpen your skills especially before you test yourself in online versus. In terms of gameplay, I had very few frame rate issues, good synergy with my AI teammates, and found each game to be a fun challenge. I absolutely love the TV presentation and commentary as well, but just a reminder, refs can be annoying both in real life and in the game.
1: Referee singling for a penalty. Looks like we got a hooking call coming up. Here comes the call. Hooking's oh, the call. This is what yeah. they kind of call the lazy penalty these days, yeah, right? Guess, but, it, but really, the problem is you're beat and you panic.
0: Okay, fine. I'll get in a damn penalty box. Ugh. So what's the verdict? Graphically, I give NHL 20 and 8. One of the best looking sports games on Xbox One featuring nice player models, good frame rate, sleek TV presentations, and some unique looking arenas to keep things fresh. Gameplay, I give NHL 20 a nine. For someone that was intimidated to pick up and play a hockey game, I gotta say, no issues getting the hang of it once I settled into my preferred controller scheme. You know a sports game is good when it makes defensive stops just as, if not more satisfying than offensive plays. Content, I give NHL 20 a nine and a half. I barely have any complaints here. More of a suggestion that perhaps there should be some type of cinematic aspect to the story mode similar to Madden or FIFA. Not that I'm a huge story mode guy or anything, but considering other EA Sports titles have it, it wouldn't hurt to add it to NHL. Other than that, very few complaints about all the different modes to choose from because there is something for everyone, whether you're a hardcore fan or a new NHL gamer like myself. Overall, TSC gives EA NHL 20 on Xbox One a 9 out of 10. wb 2K20 has been absolutely Absolutely positively ripped to shreds by gamers and critics alike for subpar graphics, awkward gameplay, and total non-stop glitches. 2K20 tries to redeem itself with this Bump in the Night DLC pack along with its latest patch, but the results are questionable. Note, you can purchase Bump in the Night separately or as part of the 2 k 20 Deluxe Edition. The good news, you get to play as the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and he's one of the few character models in this game that actually looks awesome. The bad news. The content The Fiend comes with is straight out of PS2, a PS2 Resident Evil parody. You see, we couldn't just get normal downloadable content that gives you additional towers, aka gauntlets, and new characters. We couldn't just get additional cutscenes and historical challenges we can play from Wyatt's decorated Deadly career. No. We had to get zombies. Dialogue that even WWE studios would be ashamed of. Zombie versions of WWE superstars like Sasha Banks, Randy Orton, Braun the Strowman, and Aleister Black. An uninspired graveyard that looks like it was rendered from Saga Dreamcast. It's so dangerous. Look at this. Bray Wyatt doing some good work here. Oh, nasty impact. Oh, boom. Ho, ho, ho. Harsh impact. A oh, foot just stomping down. Oh, again! Boom! What impact? Nikki Cross coming out of an asylum. Cut scenes that aren't really cut scenes and contain no voiceovers whatsoever. Sure, the dark theme and the commentary from Bray Wyatt is kind of interesting at first, but trust me, the novelty wears off real fast. <laughs>
1: I felt the impact from here. (laughs) I felt that in my own soul. Too many have underestimated Alistair Black. Thinking his frightful appearance has nothing more than a trick to terrify his opponents. But nothing could be further from the truth. Terror is a weapon. And Alistair Black knows how to wield it. Finn Balor is off to an early
0: lead. When the bell rings, it's still the same, dull, repetitive gameplay as the base game. I'll give Dead 2 k credit in a sense. At least this DLC pack doesn't resell us Legends of the Past like the usual pre-order bonuses. And to be fair, there are plenty of challenges and unlockables to keep you busy. Here's the problem. The problem is, much like the rest of the game, it's a chore, and frankly, a bore to go through it all. If you've enjoyed Dead 2 k 20 so far, click the link in the description to buy this DLC because you'll certainly have plenty to do but if you've been unsatisfied with this game from the jump bump in the night ain't gonna do much to improve your experience overall tsc gives w 2k20 bump in the night dlc a thumbs down officially underway sasha banks mix of confidence and remarkable in-ring ability makes for quite the advantage going into every match and banks absolutely knows that
1: here is your winner sasha banks but guys wait wait uh oh. Well, this match will continue. I'm not sure that's a good thing. Going to add that match to the highlight reel. That was hard to watch for a few different reasons. Hey, a win is a win, and Sasha found a way to do it. it seems like her fighting instincts are still there. This is Alan Wu for TSC, here to review Monster Jam Steel Titans straight out of the arena and your cable TV and into your PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Full disclosure, we did get a free PC key for review from the developers at Rainbow Studios and THQ Nordic, but we were not given talking points. Our following thoughts are ours only. In this game, you get brought into Monster Jam University and you are taught by your fellow driver how to race a monster truck fast, turn it on a dime, get some destruction in, win some cool style points with your truck, and flip to your heart's content naturally, I got carried away. The more you race in career mode, the more Monster Jam currency you earn, which will allow you to upgrade your truck or unlock a new one, from the Great Clips Mohawk Warrior and the Max-D to the Grave Digger. Oh yes, you can't have a Monster Jam game without the Grave Digger.
0: In this type of event, you have limited time to wreak as much havoc as you can. Crush objects for points, chain them together for combos. Try to plan the best path to destroy as many objects as possible before time runs out. Your final score is what matters here.
1: It's kind of a bummer that tutorials are done this way with words on the screen and it says a lot that the crew and uh, many other video games have a scene behind the person doing the narrating and telling you how to play the game but i do like that there is some flavor with this lady giving you some tips and pointers here and there and also This isn't a mandatory tutorial. As soon as you're done with the first course, you can go straight into the career mode. My favorite mode has gotta be destruction. Even though I'm a racer at heart, just look at all the carnage. I've enjoyed it a lot, but I personally do wanna see more modes come in. You're gonna get to have your fun in the arena racing and doing freestyle, but you also get a waypoint race that you can do in the open world and as much as i like to take up the open world i do wish it was a little bit bigger because of the state of the gaming world these days any game from truck simulator to need for speed are going to have big open worlds until you do finish the tutorial in the first career level you're going to be stuck penned inside monster jam university and you're going to have to like it for that, I'm gonna have to give content a 9.1 out of 10, and I give my crash a negative five out of 10. My worldview with my graphics scores like this. I know a lot of people are sticklers for nice looking games with a lot of particles and fog effects and water reflections. I just like the fact that you can play Monster Jam Steel Titans on pretty much any half decent computer. You don't need a $900 spec. RTX video card or top-level Radeon 7 with a new Ryzen or Intel Core i9 processor. This game runs very well on my middle-end computer and I bet it will run on anyone's. Well, I did see some reports that the game would crash out of races. I've yet to investigate that and replicate the results, but I'll let you know in a follow-up. Comment below if you've seen this problem If you have played. The in-game menu doesn't give you a way to set individual graphics features down. It lets you adjust by a preset. Maximum, ultra graphics to high graphics and medium but I will dock some more points because some of the collisions and the physics models are still not all up there. I mean, just look at this wreck. whatever. I'm giving graphics an 8.9 out of 10. Finally, we're onto the last part of our review, the gameplay. This pivotal component pretty much helps me answer the question of whether or not Monster Jam Steel Titans is worth your money. I've already outlined that I wish there were several more modes into the game besides the five I've listed. The three racing disciplines and the two you have in the arena. And I really don't want to throw shade onto the AI and the devs. Artificial intelligence is a very tough thing to code and In my experience, there are very few games that can say they've gotten AI down. I do feel like this is a game where you may wind up having too easy of a time and not enough of a challenge. Though you can add difficulty into every level and I like that very much. I love the fact that you also get to control your truck in many different ways that you can decide in the customization menu. And it definitely helps me feel like it's a racing game with more of a challenge that I'm not used to. How many Need for Speed and Forza Motorsport games where the cars have two steering axles, front and back. Now that you've thought about the players like myself who are semi-pro driving specialists, think about the eight-year-old kid who went to his first Monster Jam show, who wants to get more Monster Jam in his life. This is totally the game for him. And I think this gameplay is totally gonna satisfy him and his buddy who's playing offline multiplayer. But interestingly enough, there is no online multiplayer. Yeah, Barry lead, that's not in the game yet. We'll follow up with you if they do patch it in. And also, another Barry lead, I tried to play the game with the in-car camera view on, and there's no engine audio. If I look down or look to the right, I get the engine noise, but there's no sound from the engine. which I really hope they patch because that right there's another big disappointment and another few points off of gameplay. I wind up giving gameplay an 8.9 out of 10. Overall, Monster Jam Steel Titans gets an 8.96 out of 10. And I really feel like this game is fun. It's also a big time work in progress. I can only hope they do put in more progress into the game. I hope I get to fall back in love with the game. I love Monster Jam, seeing it on TV. I'm sure a lot of you kids out there do too. Thanks
0: so much for checking out my work. Here to give you guys my thoughts on Sniper Elite on Nintendo Switch, developed by Rebellion. This is Sniper Elite version 2 Remastered. It's a third person shooter where you play as a sniper and compared to the original game in the Switch version, you get all the DLC from the original, along with 7 different multiplayer modes, including online and local co-op. Now I'm certainly not the best at shooting games, but I strongly recommend using the Nintendo Pro Controller when playing any shooter game on Switch, it makes a world of difference. This is actually my first time playing any game in the Sniper Elite series, and I have to say I had fun, even if this remastered version looks a tad bit outdated. War Torn Berlin during World War II is not pretty, graphically or otherwise. Your Nazi enemies are not any better. Throughout the game, you'll be tasked to complete certain objectives and ultimately use your epic Sniper Elite skills to finish the job. The gunplay in Sniper Elite is very solid, but don't make the early mistake I made, which was using a loud rifle to take out your enemy, causing the whole damn army to attack me, and uh, yeah, it did not end well. Stealth is everything in this game. Of course, you have your sniper rifle, but using your silencer in close range is strongly recommended. Depending on your experience level, it may take some time to become a top marksman but when you get the hang of it those one shot stops can be quite epic The sniper kill animations are cool and remind me of old school Mortal Kombat, although I think it's safe to say this game is not for people who dislike blood and occasional gore. I personally enjoyed the solo challenges and multiplayer the best, but I gotta say, it was tough to find anyone to play online with. In fact, I only found one active game once in a blue freaking moon, which shows you that unfortunately, not a whole lot of people are playing this on Switch, at least not online. But if you're somebody like me that prefers more of an in-your-face non-stealth approach, approach to shooting games, multiplayer is for you, assuming your lobby isn't empty. In any of the actual missions though, you'll definitely want to use stealth and take cover when applicable. While aesthetically this game hasn't aged well, I enjoyed my time overall playing Sniper Elite version 2 Remastered. But what's the verdict? Graphically, I give this game a 5. A little harsh, I know, but the aesthetics are average at best, even by Nintendo Switch standards. Gameplay. I give Sniper Elite a 7. I really didn't have a problem switching weapons, taking aim, taking cover, and ending my enemy's misery. Then again, I mainly played with the Pro Controller because the Joy-Cons are not the best for the shooting games in general. Content. I give Sniper Elite a 7. No, this isn't Gears of War level when it comes to third-person shooters, but this is a fun game that will definitely have you pass the time as you annihilate the enemy from a far or close range. Overall, TSC gives Sniper Elite version 2 remastered on the Nintendo Switch a 6.3 out of 10. I'm here to give you guys my thoughts on A Plague Tale Innocence, available on PC, Xbox One, and PS4. We happen to review this on PC. Full disclosure, we received a free copy of the game in order to do this review. And this game right here is from Asobo Studio, published by Focus Home Interactive. And it's funny because Asobo Studio normally publishes lighter titles, as in Disney, Pixar-related titles. So this is a far-departure from what the studio has historically done since 2002 and its 16 plus year existence and in this game you play in 1349 France during the plague where it ravages the whole kingdom of France the whole country and you are left orphaned as Amicia and Hugo two siblings who kind of barely know each other because poor little Hugo has been sick over the years has been kept sheltered never been allowed to go outside and all of a sudden. Their world is turned upside down, and there's not one but two major enemies that they got to avoid and at times straight up defeat. First off, you have the Inquisition, you have the ruling class of France, which is just absolutely deadly one that has no morals, no boundaries. They don't give a damn about anybody but themselves. They'll kill your mother, they'll kill your father, they'll kill your damn kids. They don't. Care, they want to maintain the ruling over France while the whole country is sick, plagued, and falling apart. No pun intended. You also have the other enemy, which is the rats. The rat swarm is one of the scariest things you'll see in gaming. These rats ain't just your regular rats on the New York subway. No, 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 no. These rats will eat you alive. They'll come out of dead bodies, they'll come out from the underground, they'll come out from top, they will shred, they will tear apart anything including you so you better be freaking careful and with these rats they do have one major weakness that is their kryptonite and that is the light anytime you have light you can survive these rats but if you don't if your torch just happens to go out you happen to drop it well That's all she wrote for your characters. Now how do you play this game? What's the playstyle here? Well, I'd say think of it like Resident Evil 4 meets The Last of Us, which is actually what the creative director David Dedane described it to me as at E3. And in this game right here, you work together as a team with Hugo, with Amicia. Mainly Amicia doing a lot of the heavy lifting with her sling, with any powers, with the crafting that she manages to pick up along the way, and the different skill sets using her resourcefulness. But occasionally, you'll need little Hugo to crawl underneath a hole, climb up top, help you out. And over the course of this game, you'll have a few helpful companions in the midst of all the evil that are willing to give you a helping hand. And the best advice I could give anybody that's playing this game or thinking about playing this game is be resourceful. Whether it's using Amicia's sling, Hugo's small stature to crawl into those holes, or Lucas's smarts. You're gonna have to use a little bit of everything. Sometimes you could just use a rock with the sling and smash some dude's face. Other times you use it to distract somebody and sneak across the guards. Other times you're slinging something that could literally burn a person's helmet off and kill them. And other times you could put them straight to sleep. And hopefully for their sake, they end up waking up. But I got to warn you though, if you're somebody that's a little weak of heart when it comes to gore and violence and, and any kind of sad stories... You might want a hug afterwards, and maybe even before playing this game. Things do get intense, but I got to say, while I was playing this game, I noticed a few things. One, the scenery itself is beautiful. Even even the night effects when the rats are around you and everything. I've never seen something so disgusting, so disturbing look so good, and it ran very well on my PC. The other thing is the sound design. I mean, the music, the the voice acting was absolutely tremendous.
2: What about you? We have to go and find Mummy Amicia. Not yet. She told us to find Laurentius. But that's silly! We're going to get caught! Hugo, we're going to do what she told us and that's it. Hugo, wait!
0: In fact, I felt like that the narrative aspect of the game and the actual gameplay of the game fit in perfectly. They were woven together perfectly and it made for an enjoyable experience and I lost hours upon hours just playing this game being immersed in this world and it's truly an immersive experience but again you want to be resourceful you need to know your surroundings and whenever you have light and there's rats around you better use it because it won't end well if you don't. Now you might be asking, as far as the story goes, Fred, can you tell us a little more? I don't want to spoil it because I enjoyed it so much, but what I will tell you is this. It's a combination of survival, it's a combination of coming of age, and it is one where you find out more about the characters as you go along, and you realize that little Hugo is a hell of a lot more important than he came off as at the beginning of the game when he was just a sick little kid who was believed to be contagious. But, with all that being said, what's the verdict? Graphically, I give this game a 9 out of 10. One of the better looking games I have played in a while. I know art direction and style is subjective, but this is my review. And I have to say that something so violent, something so brutal has never looked more beautiful. And there are times too when there is actually daylight, believe it or not. And you can see the nice water effects. You can see the brutal mud. You can see the rats just ravaging everything. It's a really nice game to look at, but don't stare at the rats for too long or get too close to them. Because, well, you know. Gameplay, I give a Plague Tale a 9. At times it can be a little awkward with the sling and switching back and forth between the different things you have to select like the pots, like the rocks, like any of the things you crafted in order to burn a dude's face, but overall I really had no complaints about the gameplay itself. The stealth is really good. I've heard some complaints about some of the guards being a little aloof, but hey, again, it's subjective, and at the end of the day, it's about the story itself, not beating a major boss or anything like that, so I gotta give the gameplay a 9. content I'm giving this game a straight 10 out of 10. This game has immense substance for the amount of style it has and it's very easy on the surface to look at some of the trailers, to look at some of the gameplay footage, to look at the screenshots and say, oh my god, the, there's there's rats here, they're, they're gross and there's violence and it's taking place uh, during a war-torn and plague-torn France and oh, you know, it's, it's just a lot of the scary scenarios and you have to hide and, and come out and that's it. But no, these characters right here are truly likable. Well, at least the ones that you're supposed to root for. They're truly likable. You want them to succeed. I was rooting for Hugo and Amicia and her friends the whole time. And it, it's just this, a story that really grips you from the start and it makes you feel their pain, feel their happiness, feel all their emotions. And again, I've mentioned it before, The narrative and the actual gameplay is woven together so freaking well. TSC Gaming gives A Plague Tale Innocence from Asobo Studio a 9.3 out of 10. As always, enjoy the games and don't go near the rats. David Dedane, creative director of A Plague Tale Innocence. We just witnessed the demo at Focus Home Interactive. Man, that was
2: a visceral experience, sir. How's E3 treating you? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So far, it goes very well for us. Yeah, people react pretty well to the the experience, if I can say. So, yeah, we're happy. And it's very unique because this
0: has taken place, uh, I believe, during the plague in 14th century France. And it's not in Paris or somewhere where people would normally think about. Can you tell us a little bit about the backstory?
2: Actually, it's a story about those two kids, Amicia and Hugo, which are sisters and brothers, and uh, they will be chased from the house, from the home, at the very beginning of the story, and they will have to flee in this uh, middle age, very brutal, and they will basically realize that their story is connected to a much bigger one, and um, soon we will realize that Hugo has a much bigger role than his size, um, let us expect. (laughs) The lights inform the behavior of the rats, all of this, the, the beauty of the game in general, the look and feel, but yeah, it's this permanent work about keep the, um, um, the truth and the authenticity of the relationship and the gameplay connected all together during the whole experience. Uh, for sure. And what was the inspiration for a game
0: like this? Because I'm personally a, a huge fan of, of great narratives and narrative games and everything. And this is just just very unique. I mean, it's, it's very easy to do something you know related to you know uh, the military or royalty or anything like that during that time period. But you chose to have Amisha and
2: Hugo you know, see it from like their lens, uh, so to speak. What, what was the inspiration for you? There is lots of different inspiration, and it comes from different people, key people in the team. I would say that obviously um, uh, there is the um, um, graveyards, uh, uh, I don't know the, the translation, um, um, uh, the graveyard. The Butterfly of the G- G- Graveyard, a Japanese um, animated movie, oh, okay. which is the story about two kids in the, um, just after the, at the end of the Second World War, which is really about this, this friction between the innocence of two characters and the brutal world all around them. So it's one of the inspiration. In terms of gameplay, obviously, there is Last of Us, yeah. which have informed everyone perception. Uh, there is a little bit of Resident Evil 4 also, I would say. For the survival type of mechanics and and um, relationship between two characters and lots of cinema reference recently uh, Macbeth was one of my favorite the way they filmed um, an actual real world but in a very aesthetic way without you know turns into the fantasy but keep it beautiful but visceral at the same time